Hello, all. Welcome to the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, the podcast for SeedSing.com. I am your host, R.D. Kulik, and with me here, I've got um, a new host. Uh, let's see if I say this right. Ty Kulik? <laughs> you have the same last name. So <laughs> you know how to say it. Well, welcome to the Ex-Millennial Man, Ty. This is where we just talk about BS for a while. I don't know if you're familiar with the show. Uh, hi, everybody. It's been a while. Uh, according to RD here, I've heard you've been getting lots of emails why I haven't been around. <laughs> that's that's right. what I guess we're going to talk about today. Yeah, that's uh, we're going to talk about summer. It's the it's the end of the year, basically. We're recording this mid-August, and the sun is blazing hot. The, I see the football team, cross-country team, everybody in our area running to and from, and my son starts on the 18th, so a little bit less than a week from when we record this. I don't know when your kids start. 22nd, uh, 10 days from when we record this. Oh, that's why Ohio kids are smarter. They go to school earlier, yep. which is weird without going into it. My son's going to a new school, a different school, and it's basically, it's like a magnet school. It is a magnet school. It's like a smart mm-hmm. kid school, and he starts on Thursday, whereas the school he would have gone to, the one in our town here, actually starts on Monday, so I don't know why the smart kids don't go to school longer. Well, no, it's interesting, too, you say that, because I was running with uh, Kirk, who's been on the podcast before last week, and he said uh, he was shocked that my kids are starting on a Monday, because we always started in, like, the middle of the week when I was a kid, so we had a shortened first week of school, but not what they do at public schools in St. Louis anymore, I guess. Let's talk about summer vacation. Let's reminisce about all this stuff. First off, it was... For some weird reason, it was just a quirk of scheduling that you and I could not basically, I think it's been like six weeks or something. And I was telling my son too, it was, there was no COVID involved. There was no, like anything bad that happened. It just was stuff kept coming up. It's just the way summer is. That's how, and as we, as we get older, as our kids get older, we go and we have to do all that crap and do all those things. So tell me, Ty, what have you been up to? Well, so the past six weeks, I went to Michigan. I wrote all about it on the podcast, on the website. We went to Indianapolis for a couple of days. Thank you for your uh, recommendation to the Children's Museum. Mm-hmm. That place ruled. I could have spent, we were there for about four or five hours. And I think me, our father and my son spent three and a half of them outside because they have that humongous basketball court and there's a hockey thing, there's a baseball thing, there's football stuff, just stuff everywhere. I actually kicked the longest field goal anybody who was there while I was there too, so tip my own hat to mm-hmm. myself for that. But no, we did Indian. Well, let's talk I do want to talk about the kids' museum for a moment yeah. here. So in St. Louis, most people know the Magic House. Um yeah, the Science Center. Yeah, 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 Science Center too, I guess. And then here in Cincinnati we have the Museum Center. And don't get me wrong, the St. Louis Science Center, the Magic House Museum Center, they're great places. They're mm-hmm. they're top notch, but there is something different about that Indianapolis Children's Museum. It rules. Like it's one of the coolest things I've and like even when you're driving from the highway and getting off, you can see dinosaurs mm-hmm. like outside of the museum. It has to be the coolest thing I think I've done with my kids that isn't sports or school related to this point. Yeah, and I I've been up there a handful of times because I live a hundred miles from it. My yeah. wife has some friends who has a son roughly around the same age as our son up in that area. But it I mean when we talk about how big it is, I don't think people fully understand how big there's, it really is. Yeah, there's four stories and this entire outside. I mean, they have the humongous like tree that, you know, you don't climb kids don't climb up, but there's steps they can walk up. That's gotta be two to three stories high. The place is incredible. And 
it's filled with that. We, like I said, we were there for four or five hours and we didn't see, we saw maybe half of the whole museum. It's true. And there is, I mean, I, I want to say it's like the third floor or something. There's like a lot of international type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then there's a whole exhibit to Ryan White. For those of you that don't know, he was a, a kid in the 1980s who got a blood transfusion and they weren't checking blood and he got AIDS. And yeah. there's a whole big hullabaloo because I remember this really well personally because he's roughly around my age. But a whole big thing about whether or not he should even go to school. And we look back on it now and we think, you know, how terrible the school or other parents were. But I remember that time period. I remember thinking, you know, you get a you get sweat on from somebody who has AIDS. You could get AIDS. I mean, that's how the world really thought at the time. It was honestly, I think the whole thing changed with um, Magic Johnson. Yeah. And it became more widely not accepted, but known about. Right. So there's, I mean, that's, I say things like that, but anyways, go ahead. Point is go. If you're some, if if you find yourself for some reason in Indianapolis, there's something to do. And that's the kids museum. (laughs) Yeah. We only stayed in Indianapolis for a day and a half. And that's how we spent our full day was going there. It's awesome. I highly recommend, but yeah, from there we, uh, we went to Ann Arbor and I mean, I've been to Ann Arbor numerous times since 2018. Obviously, I went to Michigan Stadium and took photos. I got to see the Chrysler Center where they play basketball. We walked around by the university. We took my our mom, who's never been, and my wife and daughter to Zingerman's. So they got to have the Zingerman sandwiches, which are, I think, the best sandwiches in America. I, I haven't had one better anywhere else. So Ann Arbor is like Mecca for me. I'm not a religious person, but I tell people like, oh, they'll say, why are you going to Ann Arbor? I'm like, that's like my church. That's my holy land. That's my holy grail. I was actually bummed because we cut our trip short by a half a day. We only spent a day, a full day there, but I could have spent three or four days in Ann Arbor. I I love Ann Arbor. I'm sure you've been there. I I will go there no matter what. If somebody says, hey, let's go to Ann Arbor for a weekend, I'm, I'm on yeah, I've actually only been through Ann Arbor one time, and it, it was coincidentally it was on my way to Mackinac Island for a wedding, and um, okay. <laughs> I remember thinking, "Oh, I got to stop in Ann Arbor." But then I remember thinking, "My car is going to get blown up because it has Ohio plates on it." But no, those people were very nice. So that's what I very can... <laughs> nice people in Ann Arbor. No, from Ann Arbor, we made our way up to Traverse City and met my our oldest brother and his family up in Traverse City. I'd never been to Traverse City before. And my wife and I were sitting there talking about it, and we were both like on super, super low sleep just because our kids, it takes them a day or two to get acclimated to where we're staying, and we kept moving. We weren't staying in one place too long. So we were just laying in bed one night at like 9 o'clock when we were talking about Traverse City, because we went out, we like went to the downtown area, walked around and stuff, and she said, so what do you think of Traverse City? And I told her, and people who live in Missouri will know this, it's like, a, and you'll know it too because you grew up here. It's an extremely nice version of Lake of the Ozarks with a way better lake to look at. Yeah. It's very touristy. It's very kitschy. The place we had dinner was like typical bar and grill food, but we got to sit outside and look at the water while we were doing it. That's the other thing too, is we were very COVID safe on this trip. Traverse City is very cool. But again, for people who live where I live or have lived where I lived, it's it's fancy Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, I mean, and they also have some yeah. cool dunes out there too. Right, but, uh, right. There is, I mean, in all the times we've spent in Upper Michigan, I can count on one hand how many days I've spent in lower in the Lower Peninsula. Uh huh. It's different. It's it's just a, a it different is. different place. But so Traverse City, I've actually never been to Traverse City, but I do okay. like the whole Lake of the Ozarks thing because it is a. Um, 
Lake of the Ozarks. Look, the joke I always say is it's Missouri's largest public toilet. But um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And, well, for people who don't know, also Lake of the Ozarks in 2020 made national news because when no law when you're drinking that claw, the pandemic first started and a bunch of people went to a bar out there and that's what the kids said. There's no law when drinking that claw, and I was just I wrote a whole blog about how embarrassed I was to be a Missourian at that. Point. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, I mean. It's a, it's a beautiful place, you know. It's yeah, it's a absolutely. very pretty place, and every state kind of has that. It doesn't take away from the beauty of it. And when I talk about some of the stuff I did this summer, I'll talk about the beauty of our country. From Traverse City, we made our way to Mackinac, which I'd never been to before. I like you mentioned the Upper Peninsula. We go there a lot as a we went there a lot as kids. I've gone there a lot as an adult, but I've never been to that part of the Upper Peninsula. I do want to say on our way up there, we stopped in some town like where it's they say it's the halfway point like you're at the equator or whatever mm-hmm. you're at some halfway point we went to some brewery there i want to say it's shorts brewery uh, our brother our older brother was really he, he really wanted to go there because everything they have on the menu there is named after a ween song <laughs> and it's just like a cool little brewery spot i had some of the best soft pretzels i've ever had in my life and one of the dipping sauces there was peanut butter and jelly and people I know you're not so fond of my food takes lately, but... <laughs> oh, we'll talk about a, that. <laughs> dipping a soft pretzel in peanut butter and jelly is one of the greatest ex- food experiences I've ever had in my life. So I highly recommend that, but that was cool. But no, going to Mackinac was like... This was like... Again, I'll compare it to another place in Missouri. It was fancy Branson. It was really, really cool. I'd never been there before. I've only ever ridden on a ferry once, and it was to go to like a restaurant where the ferry ride was, you know five minutes across a lake or whatever. We got on this humongous two-story ferry and we were sitting down on it and this thing's just flying through uh, Lake Huron, I want to say is a lake that's out there, but it's just flying through this lake and we're seeing all these sights and, you know, that humongous bridge that you go over. I'm sure people, if you Google Mackinac Island, Mm -hmm. see this enormous bridge. I'm afraid of heights, so I kind of had to close my eyes going over the bridge because it was so high. But the ferry was great. And then you get on the island, there are no cars, no cars at all. Everything is horse-drawn carriage, walking, or biking. And it was incredible. We were there for two days. My son and I, on our full day there, rode a tandem bike around the island twice. We were just riding bikes, stopping at fudge shops, picking up lunch, going out, doing stuff, and just riding around the island. And then later that day, I had to take my daughter around. She sat in this little thing called a WeHo, which is just like a seat on the back of a bike. And we just cruised around the island. And I saw our oldest brother and his wife out there. Our nieces were out there riding. Our mom and dad stayed in like their own suite at a resort off the place. So they got their own time together. My wife and I and our kids all had a really nice place. But like Mackinac was the most, outside of Ann Arbor, was the most comfortable I was on the whole trip. It was cool to go out there and run. It was 72 degrees outside every day with like no humidity. We were eating dinner one night outside. I was cold enough I had to put a jacket on. And I'm a big dude, and it takes a lot for me to get cold. But Mackinac Island was an experience that I'm... It was something that I'm really glad I did. It is, again, another tourist trap. I walked out of there with a bucket hat. I don't ever wear bucket hats. <laughs> walked out of there with a bucket hat. My son got one as well. He also got a shirt that had a UFO and Sasquatch on it and said, visit Mackinac Island. So, you know, there's stuff like that. There's stuff like that there, but it is a very calming very cool kind of flashback in time to go see a place like that. And the day we left and got back on the ferry, we went to a coffee shop, a cafe in St. Ignace. 
And the cafe is voted one of the 10 best coffee shops in the whole state of Michigan. And it is one of the best cups of coffee I've ever had in my life. And I also had a smoked whitefish omelet, which might be the best omelet mm-hmm. I've ever had in my life. So everything out there was, it was very cool. It was very interesting, very neat to see this old timey town with horse drawn carriages and horse poop everywhere, but it didn't smell bad. And you got to see this big lake and the weather was beautiful and riding bikes. It, it was, it was really awesome. I had a really good time. Yeah. That's, I said the one time we went up, it was actually over Labor Day weekend. I remember because Ooh, it was even better weather then. Well, no, it was unusually warm when, oh. <laughs> when we were there. And my wife was, so if it was Labor Day, she was probably about, four or five months pregnant by then four months or so we were there for a friend's wedding and uh okay first off i have to ask did you go to the grand hotel we so my son and i rode our tandem bike by and as we rode by he said that's the biggest hotel i've ever seen Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i know they i don't know if you guys saw it or not but there's like a sign near the grand hotel that says if you are on these premises after 5 p.m all men must wear pants and a, ja- a suit jacket and all women must dress a certain way um, a group of our family members went on a horse-drawn carriage tour of the island and they told us about that and i guess also there are 368 rooms in there and they're all different so if you stayed there every night for a year you'd stay in a, you could stay yeah. in a different room no it uh, look we did a tour of it too when we were up there and it's an impressive looking place don't get me wrong but Mackinac, sure. I'll say, uh, so the reason why I remember it was Labor Day is because my wife really wanted to go over the bridge. And I, I have an issue with heights, too, and I have a really big issue with bridges. Yep. She wanted to go over the Mackinac Straits Bridge, and we were leaving on Labor Day, and there was some kind of fun run or something over the bridge that day. Oh, my God. So we were stuck. I didn't think I would do that. <laughs> yeah, we were stuck in traffic, slowly oh. going over that damn bridge. <laughs> And so I, that was a terrible, terrible thing. But yeah, it's, Mackinac's weird because you're right. You get on the ferry and it's, you get off the ferry and it is madness. And it uh, is abs- absolute madness. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's loud. It's chaotic. It's not comforting at all. But those 10 minutes of chaos, then it is. It's, it's one of the most yep. tranquil places I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. My only concern we, is well, we 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 sat out on Adirondack chairs at nighttime and just watched the the lake. It was beautiful. Now I will tell you my issue with Mackinac though is, look, I I spent we did um, in March we spent a week in New York City and we were right near Central Park and you have all those horse drawn carriages in Central Park and you, all of those horses have a bag where their butt is so their poop goes into that bag and not all, all over the street. That was my only issue with me. And plus, I could give a rat's ass about fudge, and everybody's like, oh, you got to have the yeah. fudge there. I don't like fudge either, and when I had my daughter on the bike with me, she said, Daddy, that horse must have eaten a lot of food that <laughs> didn't settle its stomach. And I was like, that's just what horses do. So, Did you guys go to the military fort? We did not. I, I think our father did. I did not. I Honestly, the the full, full day that we were there, I spent, I would say, four hours on a bike Okay, with either my son or my daughter with me. Yeah, we, my wife and I, we took a tandem bike around the island, and then I know the... Did she help you pedal? Because my son did, and he did a really good job helping me pedal. I don't know. I mean... She was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, I guess (laughs) she did. I mean, it wasn't that tough, I, I remember. And then I know... We took like a bunch of people there. Like I said, we were there for a wedding. The yeah. and this and this was 
I mean, my son's 12, so it was 12 years yeah, ago, but, years um, ago, yeah. but it's, uh, it was, um, you know, we, we're older. This is, you know, we were in our thirties. Yeah. We were all established people. This weren't a couple of college kids, you know, drinking some Bud Lights at a wedding. It was, yeah. it was a classy ass affair is what I'm saying. And okay. they like <laughs> chartered a boat to take everybody around like the island on boat too. So yeah, that, yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, so outside of that, Ty, what else? Why, why else haven't you been here? So, like I mentioned before, you had pre-scheduled other podcasts with Tina. I know you talked about tennis yeah. and stuff like that, but my son begged us to play tackle football. So he's playing tackle football now, much to my chagrin, and I try to tell him everything, but he loves it. He actually, this is the only, he has practice Monday through Thursday. They have Friday off, and he was saying to me today, oh, I wish I had football practice tonight. So I've been taking him to football and watching his football practices. My daughter started playing soccer. My kids have been in, my son's been in sports camps. My daughter's been at day camp all day long. My wife's had to travel for work because she's just taken on new teams. So I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but people say, oh, stay at home parents. Your job should be easy. You did this stuff. And especially when your kids are older, they're in school. You can, you're all by yourself for seven hours a day. There's always something mm-hmm. to do. There's there's never really a dull moment. Even uh, something I thoroughly love and enjoy doing, getting on this podcast with you and recording, I didn't have time. I had stuff that was going on. I had to go to gear pickup, right? Uh, take my daughter to get her physical for soccer. Or I had to find out, like, go buy extra groceries because my wife was all of a sudden had a work trip that she didn't know about and was just thrown in her lap. And it's just been crazy. And like with my, my son has a friend over today and those two went to basketball camp together and I, his mom and I would carpool and take the kids and do stuff. So it's just working out schedules. My summer's been pretty hectic as far as family stuff goes. I went to my first indoor live comedy thing last week that I wrote about and absolutely adored everything I saw about comedy bang bang. So I did, I bit the bullet and went to a, uh, a indoor comedy show that was really, really good. And I'm over a week out and no COVID symptoms, no anything. I got my second booster shot this summer because people can't see me on this, but I qualify as obese because I weigh 280 pounds, even though I'm in like the best shape of my life. So I was able to get that. I also got sick twice this summer and it wasn't COVID. I had flu A and then for about a week I had flu A, got better. And the next week after that, I was running a fever and was really tired. So I took multiple COVID tests. Everything came back negative. So I was out out for about three days with that. So I got sick twice this summer. I had been running like a chicken with my head cut off. And then uh, Kirk, who, I talk, who I've talked about already on here, him and I have a race next month that we're doing that I'm training for. And then we both have a big race in October that we're both training for. So I'm back to run training now that I'm 100% healthy again. I've been running a lot this summer as well, trying to get out to the woods when I can. Yeah, and you and Kirk need to put the first Sunday in May 2023 on your guys' calendars. That, oh, okay. is, the, that is the Cincinnati <laughs> Flying Pig Marathon. It's an incredible event. And I've, I, as a matter of fact, I just recently, I'll talk about this more in the second half too, got an office that is off of, I think, mile marker eight of the race. Okay. So you guys have a place to stay. I was just saying, can we stay at your house that's, free rent? So yeah, that's what I was saying. I I wanted. I was going to try to convince you guys a couple of years ago, and then the pandemic hit. So it's yeah. like uh, everything seemingly back to normal. So you guys got to well, put that on your calendar. That's what I want to say too. And I even mentioned it. We were fairly COVID safe, as COVID safe as we felt we should be on a trip. COVID's still out there. I mm-hmm. know people who are still getting it, but. 
this was the first trip since 2019 that felt like an actual trip to me. I went for runs during the day. I rode bikes. I ate at restaurants, albeit we ate outside at pretty much every restaurant we went to. But I went to restaurants. I did stuff like that. I've been back to the movie theater this summer, too. I saw the movie Nope, which I wrote about and absolutely adored. I know some people have differing opinions, but this summer is the first summer since 2019 that's felt quote unquote real. Like, like there's still that threat of COVID. I understand. I know monkeypox is out there now, mm-hmm. too. My dad, our dad and I were talking about that yesterday. I, I understand. I still wear my mask when I feel it's needed, but this summer has felt like an actual summer for the first time in over two years. Well, we'll take a break here and then we'll come back. I will tell you about my Clark Griswold-esque type vacations this summer. Sounds good. Hello all, this is RD, and I want to take a minute here just to talk to you about how you can support this great podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, all the work we do on SeedSync.com, and especially all the hard work that Ty does bringing you the sports knowledge and the pop culture knowledge that you just so deeply want, and how you can support me bringing you all the political knowledge that you definitely do not want. We have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com and look up the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. And for just five bucks a month, guys, you are going to continue to be able to give you all this great content, give you the things that we are also craving that we know we need. And then in addition to that, we're going to be launching a Patreon-only podcast called the Ex-Millennial Man Political Report, where we're going to go through kind of more of a deep dive on my personal thoughts and other people's thoughts on what's going on politically around our country. That way we can keep the Ex-Millennial Man as your place where you're going to go to find out all the most important things. Guys, we created this, Ty and I did, because me being from Generation X and he being a millennial, honestly, I was tired of hearing about Citizen Kane's the greatest movie ever. It's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but we kind of got tired of, wait, nothing since Citizen Kane can be better? I mean, come on, Back to the Future is way better. To some of us, Fast and Furious movies are way better. This is a place where we can talk about that stuff and where you're going to get that, again, not opinion, true fact of what is the greatest ever when it comes to music, sports, politics, all that stuff is SeedSing.com and the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. So come on over to Patreon. Five bucks a month is all it is. And hey, if there's something more you need from that, come hit us up. Tell us you need T-shirts. We can give you T-shirts. You need handshakes. Maybe we can give you that. But come on over to Patreon, the Ex-Millennial Man podcast, and now I'm going to get you back to the conversation. Okay, Ty, it sounded like you had a nice, exciting vacation time in summer, and I'm going to end on what I'm going to start with here, and that's political season, the oh, election. Boy. So that <laughs> the reason I was not up in... Mackinac Island is because the lawless, idiotic Republicans in the state of Ohio wanted to spend $25 million to make us have another election. And so I had work to do, which was just not great by any means. But um, you uh, you also don't need to say Ohio. You can just say lawless, idiotic y- Republicans. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they even broke into a safe tie. I, this whole thing is, again, talking to our father about this, it is madness, pure, yeah. pure madness. I want to start a little bit talking about COVID here. And look, I might be the bad guy for this and all this. And I, I feel I go back to 2020, March of 2020, and hearing these things and hearing this epidemiologist from the University of Missouri, Kansas City, basically say, look, guys, if we don't do anything, we're going to have half a million dead people. Well, 
we've got well over a million dead people. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm vaccinated. I've had COVID. I've done all this stuff. I, you know what? I gave up. I did. I just said, okay. Yeah. I said, okay. Okay. You know, that's it. That's it. I'm not. uh, And it's interesting to me because I'm going to talk a little bit about a vacation I, I recently took. It's interesting to me how many people did give up too. And I was talked in the first half about how my son's going to this magnet school. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to me that I feel like this weirdo anti-vax Republican, because if there's 50 parents in the room, 10 of them are wearing masks and the other 40 are not. And I'm like, I'm just not doing that anymore. Okay. Look, the pandemic accelerates. It does things. I am going to do it again. But this summer I just kind of had checked out of it. There's an old twilight zone. The one, um, I think it's uh, Art Carney is in it where he plays the guy that becomes Santa Claus and he's a drunk at the beginning and he's a, he lives in, you know, a tenement area, poor area and says, I can either weep or I can drink. So I drink. (laughs) And that's how my summer was for the most part. I could either weep or I could drink. So I was like, I, you know, my wife, I think recognized this. I think, uh, with my son doing the new school, everything, she's like, we have got to do something. We have got to go somewhere. So we headed east, basically threw this all together in like a week or something. So, you know, God's bless her for getting all this together. She has me, some broken, psychologically broken man, a preteen jackass son that's about to go to smart kid school. Don't don't call my nephew that. (laughs) No, he he had to take this math placement test yesterday to see if he places in the higher math. And the test was an hour long. He comes out after 30 minutes, sits in the car and says, well, that was easy. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> forget hilarious <me. laughs> no, so anyways um so she's like we're gonna head east the final goal or whatever was gonna be uh virginia beach so you know but we're gonna go out there we're gonna make a meal out of this trip and me i like my historic crap and things like that and I, i'm gonna say some things about america in the second half but I'm glad we did what we did. So part of the reason I did this yeah. podcast is I want to talk about the the Jamestown colony. Now, we first yeah. went to um, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, where they had that, you know, save the right rally where Trump said there's good oh. people on both sides. Yeah, with the tiki torches yes. and khaki pants. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was terrifying. But that town is home to the University of Virginia, the university yeah. founded by Thomas Jefferson, an old, old college it's a college town. So everywhere you were going had, you know, people had pride flags up and this house, we believe in science and da da da, all this other stuff. And then of course you have UVA there, which is like just a massive giant fraternity in itself. I mean, gorgeous, a gorgeous place, but we went to Monticello, Thomas Jefferson's home. And Monticello is, I, I believe it's French or whatever for little mountain. And then there's next to it, there's Big cello or whatever. I don't know what the hell it's called, <laughs> but uh, but Big Mountain. And I, I will – a couple of things about Monticello. First off, the house is a hell of a lot smaller than you think. Second off, it was about a week or so before we went that there was some idiot on Fox News complaining about how it's too woke at Monticello because they tell you about Jefferson's slaves. Ty, I'm going to tell you, yeah. they're not lying. They flat out tell you every single place you walk. You know Thomas Jefferson owned slaves and was kind of an ass? Yeah, so. <laughs> that's because it's true. <laughs> right. Even, and I mean, the girl that did our tour, and I thought she was great, is, you know, at the end, she said Thomas Jefferson wrote some of the most important documents in human history. I mean, the Declaration of Independence is one of the most beautiful, I mean, inspiring documents ever, ever written. He wrote that. He did that. He also owned slaves. 
Yeah, he was a mid. <laughs> I don't understand why people don't understand. America's history is not good. No, no. <laughs> like, but it's, and I mean, that house was built on slave labor. That mm-hmm. university was built on slave labor. And something else I want to give to UVA. So you go up, and again, this iconic campus, this, again, gorgeous, gorgeous buildings. But you walk into the main, um, kind of courtyard area as you're approaching its main rotunda building and it's really really pretty this huge like uh semi-circular structure and it's a list of all the slaves who helped build or died at uh university of virginia wow that had to be pretty powerful yeah i mean and it is you go you look at these names most of these people don't have last names yeah a lot of them don't have names that are even like you know there, one was called like knife or something like that. Just so the, just a nickname. Yeah, just the way we hear these stories, we see this, but to be on these grounds, to see where these things were, and to be on like Monticello and see it. it you know, one I've been to a lot of presidential homes. One of them we went to was the Hermitage, Andrew Jackson's home, and Andrew Jackson, another terrible, terrible human being. Mm-hmm had this slave most of his life and uh, he ended up Jackson died. I think the slave lived till the, after the civil war and Andrew Jackson, just one of the most racist people known to mankind, but this slave of his was the caretaker of his home. So when he died, cause Jackson was already dead, that slave had himself buried right next to Andrew Jackson. <laughs> so wow. you go to the hermitage and you see that and you go to Monticello and it's all a bunch of white people buried near Thomas Jefferson. I, anyways, just yeah. a, a, I, no. my, my point is that Fox News guy is right. They're way woke at Monticello. But that it's <laughs> that I hate that term woke so much mm-hmm. because they use it when people are telling the truth yeah. about the history of our country. It's not. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. So we leave Monticello, continue to head east, and we go to Jamestown now. Do you know what Jamestown is? I know of Jamestown. I've heard stories about okay. Jamestown. So Jamestown wasn't the first colony founded by the Europeans in the New World. That's down in Florida. The Spanish founded some things up there. But it was the it was the first of what like I I think Jamestown is the cradle of American civilization. It is where it all started. So where Jamestown itself actually is, it's an archaeological dig site. You can go see that, but a little bit further away, kind of near where they landed and set up at the beginning is a museum, is Jamestown Museum. And to me, I've been to a lot of these places, Ty, a lot of these American history museums, things like that. This one is amazing. This is far and away the best one. And I think to myself, you know, Monticello, why didn't Donald Trump, when he was president, stop them from talking about slavery? It's because the U.S. government doesn't run Monticello. It's run by a private organization. Wow. The Jamestown Museum was, I think, part of the park system, but, you know, very, very high tech, very all this other stuff. But, you know, it tells the story of these colonists who came here. They're like, look, you know, there's no one here on this land. The Powhatan Indians were there on that land. Mm -hmm. But you hear them like, I mean, the head of the Powhatan Indians basically gave his daughter Pocahontas away. I mean, these weren't great people either. And Mm -hmm. you hear these stories about there's something to be said. And I said I walked away somewhat inspired about these people from England that got in a boat for four months to a land they had no idea about. It's like going to another planet. And Uh 
you know, they, they failed. James, the Jamestown colony failed. It kept they kept putting money in it. It didn't work. The first real American colony that succeeded was Plymouth up in uh, Massachusetts. But you know they kept coming back because they discovered tobacco and they discovered you know all this other crap and they kept coming back and. Anyways, my point is you're shouting out, you know, the Indianapolis Children's Museum wanted to shout out this Jamestown Museum because, yeah, it, it you know, like anywhere else, it doesn't say that, look, the English were great. They did some great things, but that doesn't mean they're great. I told this to my son. Thomas Jefferson was not a great man or was not a good man. I'm sorry. But he is a, an influential man. A- absolutely. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, you can't deny that, but. Again, I just go back. America's history is not great. And for people trying to whitewash it, that makes it even worse. No, but it made me feel good that you go to these places and they're not whitewashing it. Yeah, they're, exactly. That's that's the good thing about these places. I mean, they're telling the truth. I learned. So I actually learned at the Jamestown Museum how the British got involved in the slave trade. They didn't go to Western Africa to bring slaves originally. They did, obviously, later on. But originally... No, they were in some war, some fight with the Spanish, and they took over one of their ships, which happened to be a slave ship. And they brought all those to Jamestown and was like, you know what? This works a lot better when all these other people do the work for us and we don't pay them. It's crazy, man. (laughs) No, no, and again, they are by no means hiding any of this stuff at all. So we leave Jamestown and we go to Virginia Beach. Now, Virginia Beach is really close to Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk, Virginia is the world's largest naval base. And oh, all right. there's something to be said. So I didn't see it on the way in, but on the way back, I saw it. You're driving just along the highway and you look off to your left and there's three supermassive aircraft carriers right there. Whoa, that had to be wild. <laughs> and so while we're at Virginia Beach, too. One morning, I got up because uh, my wife like doesn't want to bring chairs and stuff. So they have those yep. beach people there, so you pay them. And so I'd get up because she wants a decent spot, which we never seem to be able to find. And um, <laughs> so we get up, or I get up there, and I go in the morning, and there's a battleship right off the course, just right no off way. the beach, just sitting there. <laughs> this is like 9 oh. in the morning. I'm like, holy crap. Uh, yeah. Another day I went, there's an aircraft carrier. But then... Basically, from like 9 a.m. until about 5 p.m., every 15 minutes or so, an F-18 would fly over you. Or two. That's Usually, there's nuts. like two or three. Whoa. <laughs> That's a good St. Louis product made in... Uh, <laughs> in made. Yeah. So, you, you're hyper aware of the military. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. But Virginia Beach, actually, I'm going to be honest. I think it was pretty good. I told somebody the problem with vacation, and maybe this is just me being a broken man, it's kind of like prison. You can't really yeah. go anywhere. You're all in the same You're spot. Stuck in that spot, yeah. <laughs> but I get that. Yeah. So, but in the water was freezing cold. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the, same in Mackinac. Yeah. But at the end of our journey, so what we decided to do, we were going to take two days to come back. Obviously, but you know we weren't yeah. going anywhere. the The biggest thing about going back is I went to go have uh, dinner at a Bojangles. So that was my. <laughs> My, um, <laughs> that was my, <laughs> my, my big uh, thing on the way back. But we decided instead of heading straight back, we decided to go down because we're maybe 50 miles or so from, um, from Kitty Hawk where the Wright brothers first flew. Yeah. And it, it takes about an hour and a half to get down there, though. It's on one of the islands in North Carolina that's way out there. We drove down. It was a Saturday. The, it was bright and sunny outside. And you go to 
essentially the middle of nowhere. All right. It's I mean, it's all built up on beaches and things like that. But the Outer Banks of North Carolina are not easy to get to. And so we get the hell is a lot harder for them. So you get there and there's this big hill and a very, very I'll probably for the podcast, put the picture of the monument up on it. Really cool monument to the Wright brothers. And you go there's a there's a boulder that says, you know, this is where they started. And there's three other boulders or four other ones from because they made four flights that day. And the first powered flight went about 120 feet. And so you see that rock. And then the next few went a few more feet. Then the fourth one went like a thousand. <laughs> went wow. like way, way further. And they didn't do a fifth one because on the fourth one that crashed and they didn't want to fix yeah. it or anything like that. But And I feel embarrassed about this. I know the Wright brothers as the first people to ever fly, the first powered flight. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize till I was there how freaking hard that was. Sure. <laughs> and it's and yeah. and they really go into it. They really, really talk about it. I've seen the original flyer. It's at the Smithsonian in Washington, DC. So they had a replica one there. And you just look at it and think about shoot. I mean, that that was just over a hundred years ago mm-hmm. that they did this, but they show all the people that inspired them. And, you know, all these people died. Trying to fly, basically. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and these were That's the sad thing about it. Yeah. Two dudes from Dayton, Ohio. Now, I was inspired by, wow, you know, this is something truly American. These are two bike, two guys that made bicycles. They were not trained in this stuff, invented yeah. flight. And it's, uh, you know, and they tell a story about it. And it's, it's really so many things about the Wright brothers. So I'm going to go on my Wright brothers rant now is so cool. Like, their father was a preacher. Their mother died when they were fairly young. They had two older brothers. They weren't twins. Uh, Wilbur was older than Orville, but they had two older brothers. Then there's Wilbur, then Orville, and then they had a sister. The only one in that whole family that graduated college was the sister. Good for her. And this is the 1890s. Uh Uh-huh. And... Uh, some and she was a, a powerhouse. She was a teacher in Dayton. Uh, one of the Wright brothers said that their sister had failed many of Dayton's future leaders, and it was and she was extremely outspoken. Her father was big into into uh, rights for African Americans, big into rights for women. I mean, this was Good. you're talking about an incredibly progressive uh, group of people. But 100%, yeah. So I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to get uh, the Wright Brothers biography. David McCullough, who's a famous biographer, wrote a biography. I happened to buy that book last Saturday, and David McCullough, I think, passed away last Tuesday. Oh, so, man. <laughs> I mean, I hope he got some money from, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from me. State, <laughs> yeah, but uh, the very first, uh, all the chapters of the book opened with a quote, and the very first quote in the book is from uh, Wilbur Wright, where he said, if I wanted to give a young man advice, I would tell him to pick a good father and a good mother and to be from the state of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with all that except for the last one. <laughs> all right. But I, I told my son that. And I, I went and I'm actually to the part of the book where they fly for the first time. It's about halfway through the book. But it's a, you know, it is. It's just, we talk about how American history, there is a lot of problems. There are a lot of things and we need to establish that. And we need to know that. But you read about somebody like the Wright brothers and it tells you how good we can be. I mean, 100%. these were good people who wanted to do good things, who, yeah. who did, I mean, changed history. I mean, my 12 year old yeah. didn't give a damn, but like we're standing where the first flight happened. And I'm like, the world changed here. Right there. Yeah. Something <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. 
So that was a good thing about vacation. Those are the, I mean, you know, yeah. we get out there, we do things, and we, I'm driving through the mountains in Eastern Virginia, and I'm like, damn, this is a beautiful country. Beautiful. Yeah. We got some great spots to look at. Just, it's, it's, you know, the same thing with the internet. Mm-hmm. There's some really good stuff on the internet and a lot of really bad stuff on the internet. Yeah, my <laughs> my son learned about the dark web. So one of his friends is oh, like, oh, boy. the dark web. And I'm like, you can't get to the dark web. No. <laughs> like, he's like, do you Absolutely know how to not. get there? And I'm like, you don't need to ask me that question. Yeah, but exactly. That, that's, not, yeah, that's not a good question. But then here's here's my call to action while we talk about how great and not so great our country is. Like I said, I had to work politics this weekend or this this summer because, again, Ohio is so – the Republicans are so hell-bent on keeping their power and gerrymandering everything. And it keeps getting thrown out of courts. We had to have a, a late uh, a later primary. And the people I worked with, it did not do well. Without going too far into it, I'd worked with some Republicans. I said it was funny. I had one Republican who my biggest problem with her is she was pro-choice and anti-school voucher. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Yeah. Needless to say, she did not win. As a matter of fact, the person she lost to uh, said that was very upset that a 10-year-old rape victim in Ohio got an abortion, um, said this should have never happened. She said that all Democrats are coming to burn Republican houses down, and she said teachers are the enemy. She's the one who's the Republican nominee here. This is for a state house election. But my point is, guys, you can sit there and try to laugh at children getting shot, and Beto O'Rourke's going to call you an MFer, as he should. I loved it. I loved that Beto O'Rourke did that. I absolutely loved it. We need to take a page from him. It's not anymore. You don't play nice with these people anymore. Nope. They believe that this woman is telling everybody that Democrats are going to burn your house. These these people don't want to work with you. They want you gone. So yeah, it's, it's cultish. Yes. So don't sit this one out. Nope. I voted <laughs> our primary. I was there. You just you just can't sit this one no. out. A guy running for Senate here in Ohio, J.D. Vance, said women in abusive relationships should stay in the relationship. He's a whack Jeff. Yeah. He's a nutcase. It's just I'm a Democrat. I'm not coming to burn anybody's house down. But. <laughs> My wife said, I don't have time for that. What are these people exactly. saying? Yeah, I, I, I told everybody on this podcast what I do every day. But it's just like, I don't know if this is going to be tooting the party that I vote for. You know what I've loved about these first two years of Biden's presidency is that I don't know what he's doing. Every day. Yeah. I don't know what he's tweeting about every day. When he had COVID, he didn't make a big deal about it and rip his mask off like he's freaking Avita. He dealt with it and got actually got a lot of stuff done while he had COVID. He didn't make it all by himself. And I look at it, the candidate I voted for in the Democratic primary here didn't win, but that's okay. The other mm-hmm. person who won, I will be voting for her when it comes to all this. It's just we're not – to any Republicans who are super all right listening to us right now, us Democrats here, our liberals, or I don't even know what you call yourself anymore, <laughs> we're not mean people. We're not – we we want what's best for everybody else. I want you to get vaccinated. I want women to make their own choice when they're pregnant if they can't take care of it. I'm I'm extremely pro choice. I want teachers to get paid good 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 salaries because they have a really hard job. I just want what's best for everybody. I'm not gonna go burn anybody's house <laughs> down. I'm not gonna eat placentas of aborted babies or whatever people think they're gonna do. I just want what's best for for people. Yeah, yeah. So 
Well, Ty, welcome back. We're back on the <laughs> yeah. horse again. It's uh, and to go on a lighter note. I believe you said you wanted to call me out about a oh shit yeah, or shoot yeah <laughs> so that's the one thing that's where we we'll go because this is this is the truth you did you wrote something about cooking eggs and I have uh-huh. a so here's what I find <laughs> maddening when I go out with uh, my wife and son if we get yeah. eggs she gets hers um, over easy he gets his or I think she does either over easy or over medium I can't remember he gets okay. his sunny side up and I get mine over hard now. So- it, there is <laughs> there is nothing grosser than a runny ass egg yolk. Okay, nothing grosser. So that I means the about- only way to cook eggs means the yolk has to be cooked. So if you wanted to look like an egg, no. it's got to no. be over hard. Otherwise, it's scrambled or 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 an omelet. That's just. I mean, it I, is- <laughs> I was talking to our father about this yesterday, and over hard eggs. I'm doing a lot of comparisons on my return to the podcast, but over hard eggs to me. Is like getting a steak well done. No. O- over easy, you get all that yolk, which is like the sauce. Just like when you get a medium rare steak, you have all that sauce when you cut into it. You, when you text me about that, <laughs> I was shocked and appalled. And for the people listening, the next very next day, I made myself over easy <laughs> eggs, took a picture, and sent them to you so you could see what a good egg looks like. Uh, no, no, because I, I have never in all these years of doing this have thought about taking a post of yours down. But I'm like... <laughs> runny yolks is so <laughs> vile i'm like Ugh. how dare you <laughs> now to be fair i'm not the biggest egg eater to begin with but it's like i just i was thinking about it i was i was like getting mad about it it's like it's like no it, it's something about breakfast foods we're gonna do a podcast about this one day about like breakfast foods or whatever i am as i get older i get more and more angry about breakfast uh, foods i'm like my goodness such a well, I knew- absolute waste I knew I hit a nerve with you, a touch a nerve with you, because I posted my, like, you texted me that I was on the website, and I posted it at maybe 5 o'clock, and you texted me at 10 my time, which was 11 your time. So I even said to my wife, you must have been thinking about this all day. <laughs> what? Just so mad. <laughs> yeah, we- it's great. I mean... So for all the people who say we agree too much, do something we clearly disagree <laughs> oh, about. <laughs> oh, I just was. I get, I get mad at my son and wife when we're out, and I'm like, you guys are gross. <laughs> no way, dude. That's the way to do it. <laughs> over easy. All I made my daughter toad in the hole this morning with an over easy egg, and she said it was the greatest breakfast she's ever had. <sighs> yeah, well, to be continued. So <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so Ty, when the people need their travel recommendations, where are they going to find you? You can find me on Instagram and uh, Facebook, Ty Kulik, T-Y-K-U-L-I-K, all lowercase. More importantly, even though I haven't been on the podcast in six weeks, I've written five oh, yeah. or six weeks. And I forgot to say, you were talking about Bobby Bonilla on Chucklehead Chat. That was the other reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I, I written, I, I write every day on SeedSing.com, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. You can read that very egg article you and I were just talking about that came out this week. For all the sports fans out there, starting next week, I'm going to be doing my football stuff. So football season's right around the corner. So I'm going to be counting down on the NFL teams, and I'll do my massive college football preview that I do. But check all that stuff out on SeedSing, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G.com. Listen to me on this podcast, Yes, William. You can hear me on Chucklehead Chat, as you mentioned before. I was on a recent episode of that. But I'm back. I'm here. I will be here every week that you want me to be here. Listen to me on this podcast, the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast. Rate, review us, tell your friends about us. You and I, we got to get this Patreon going on too. I want to do some stuff I want to do for that. I've had some ideas for that. So we'll get that up and running. 
And as always, you know, I'm not going to tell people to get vaccinated anymore because I'm vaccinated and everybody I know is vaccinated. And at this point, if you're not vaccinated, I don't want to talk to you. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a shame that you wouldn't do something that would help everybody. So I'm just I'm going to end these from now on with black, as always, Black Lives Matter. Repeat all that seed saying ex-millennial man. And uh, like I said, well, we're we're back in the saddle as we start to move into the fall. And um, that's, that's it. I'm just still fired up about eggs. So that's it. I got to go mow my yard and burn off some steam. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Bye. Take it easy. The X Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.